You're on the mic with JD, an extraordinary show for ordinary people. Let's go. What's up, good people? It's your boy JD, and on this episode, we're going to be talking about Army Leadership 101. So leadership is always is definitely something that's near and dear to my heart. And, you know, in the army, everybody is groomed to become a leader, you know, from the inception of basic training where the generating force is met all the way through retirement. You're going to be placed in positions of leadership throughout your military career. So I want to read the definition of army leadership out of the ADP 6-22. And it states, leadership is the activity of influencing people by providing purpose, direction, and motivation to accomplish the mission and improve the organization. You know, I've sat on many promotion boards and you ask a soldier, What's the definition of leadership? It's uh, providing purpose, direction, and motivation. Um, but why? You know, nobody ever understands the why. And it's the second half of that. It's to accomplish the mission and improve the organization. So if you look at how evals work, right, and you, you look at the attributes and the competencies, they feed into one another. You know, everybody wants to far exceed the standard in an evaluation, but they don't understand how to accomplish the mission and to improve the organization and the organization beyond. Right. So that's why I want to dive into army leadership on this episode, because it is so important. And what I want to do is I want to break down your ability to influence your ability to provide purpose direction, and motivation, how to accomplish the mission, and how to improve the organization, and what that does for you. All right, so let's just go down the line, right? And let's look at influencing. So influencing is persuading people to do what is necessary. Influencing is utilizing your personal power, right? And I I discussed what personal power was in uh, another episode, but being able to influence others to get, you know, get work done is hard to do. You know, it it takes a personality. It takes a lot of trust. It takes um, respect. It takes a a number of things um, to be able to influence people, you know, and I think People that know me know that I always talk about the one word definition I use for leadership is consistency. And in order to be able to influence people, you need to be consistent uh, and always being able to deliver the things that you say you're going to deliver and make good on, you know, and building that credibility. So influencing, I think, is probably the hardest thing to do in leadership. Um it's it's more than just 
taking information and passing along information, right? Not just in the name of the king, you know, I command thee to execute. No, you know, it's a leader from within the organization that can influence others to accomplish that mission and, you know, be able to, to improve that organization. That is the scope of influence. And if you don't have influence, you're probably going to use positional power and try to just, you know, I'm the commander, I'm the sergeant major, I'm the first sergeant, right? Do what I say, not as I do. That's not influencing. So understand that, you know, without influence, you're not leading anything. And a lot of times, people that aren't consistent can't influence anything because you're sketchy, you know, and people don't want to work for sketchy people. People don't want to do anything for anybody that's sketchy because they know it's not sustainable. So that's influencing. And then next we have purpose, right? So remember it was purpose, direction, and motivation. So purpose is the ability to provide clear purpose for their subordinates, right? Uh, the book definition purpose gives subordinates a reason to achieve a desired outcome. Purpose is no more than a goal. You got to have a goal set goals. And in the last segment, you know, I was talking about goal setting, but make, make the goals achievable. You know, you need small victories in an organization in order to work towards your, your overall purpose, your overall goal. Through influencing, you give purpose and then you're going to provide what? Direction. The book definition, direction is telling others what to do. Providing effective direction requires that leaders communicate the desired end state for the direction they provide. The end state. What is the overall goal? Purpose is goal setting. Direction is how do we get to the other end? We used to use command and control and just lockstep everything. There was really no direction. It's my way, right? Now we use mission command, which is, hey, here's the end state. The leader, the NCO finds the purpose, you know, and and is the influencer, right? Creating that purpose for the overall direction, which is the overall end state, the goal. Being able to accomplish that mission, you know, leaders must prioritize tasks and assign responsibility. But the NCO, you supervise. You make sure that the subordinate leaders or the rest of the team are, are on it, right? And they're, they're headed in the right direction and they're achieving uh, those small victories, So the book says they ensure subordinates clearly understand their guidance. That's that clear intent, you know, and another one of my past segments, I said, commander must have intent, give intent. It must be clear. It must be very layman's terms. So everybody understands that direction that the organization is headed into. And then lastly, you know, is motivation. So the book says motivation is is the will and initiative to do what is necessary to accomplish a mission, right? The initiative to do what is necessary. That's 
self-motivation. That's you knowing what must be done and not waiting to be told what to do. Your intent is there. The intent through purpose. The end state is there through direction. And your motivation of understanding commander's intent is your motivation to execute, right? This is the user level. That motivation comes from within. Your leaders should be the ones influencing your motivation to get this thing done, whatever that thing is. Indirect approaches to motivation can be as successful as direct approaches. Setting a personal example can sustain the drive in others, right? So being the example as a leader, you know, indirectly um, or directly approaching the problem depends on how your subordinates take information. Do they just hear what you say and understand what you what your intent is? Or do you set the example, show them, let them get their hands on it and then let them go and be great? You need to know your people. So I can't tell you that, but there are ways that, you know, you can go about directly or indirectly and still coming up with success. And the book says uh, this becomes apparent when leaders are when leaders share hardship and risk with subordinates. So getting out there, leaders, you know, sergeants, staff sergeants and grinding with your soldiers People appreciate that. Soldiers appreciate that. You know, as platoon sergeants, you're managers, right? You're not you're not getting down in the weeds, right? It's not to say that you can't, but normally that's not going to happen. But staff sergeants and sergeants, definitely. Get out there and, and dig that fighting position in with your guys. Set it up. Make sure it's done right. You know, that is direct approach. Get in there and get dirty with your guys because you're building that credibility uh, with them. So I'm going to transition into uh, attributes and competencies, right? These are important for those who get evaluations. You know that attributes and competencies are on your uh, evaluation form, right? So character, presence, intellect, those are your attributes and your competencies are leads, develops and achieves. So, you know, in character, um, the army values, having empathy, understanding the warrior ethos, discipline. You know, these are things that make up who you are um, as an individual leader uh, in our organization. You know, kind of what you stand for, you know, your values. And I'll talk a little bit about the values uh, later on. But empathy. Empathy is so important as a leader, you know, because you can't possibly have been through every situation. But you should be able to understand every situation. And that's where the the empathy comes from, you know, and having that as a good character trait will also help you influence others because you you understand where people come from. Right. Uh, Presence. So military bearing, professional bearing, fitness, you know, confidence, resilience, you know, presence is, you know, what 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 you stand for. Right. Um, who you are, how you look, right? Your outward appearance, you know, are you a stand-up guy, gal, right? Um, do you, do you stand around with your hands in your pockets? I see a lot of people doing that these days. Even as a sergeant major, you're not going to catch me doing that out in public. It's not going to happen, you know, because I want to keep 
military bearing because people are always looking at me and they're waiting for me to make a mistake. And I know people are watching me because I'm watching people. Right. So I'm not going to stand around with my hands in my pocket because that gives the soldier the ability to do the same thing. I can't make a correction on something that I'm doing. So have good presence about yourself. Intellect, mental agility, judgment, innovation, interpersonal tech, expertise, intellect. Everybody is intellectual to some degree. Everybody should have sound judgment. Everybody should be innovative. We are in a forever changing force. And if you're not out there trying to invent, innovate, or or create a new, more efficient way to do things, what are you here for? Right? Because we need leaders who are at the cutting edge of technology, who are thinking all this smart guy stuff up for us, right? Who aren't that smart, but would like to be, you know, we can hang in the room, but that is so, so crucial in this day and age um, because of how the future of the battlefield is going to look. There's going to be a lot of technology and innovation, you know, as far as intellect as an attribute is important. I want to bleed into the competencies, right? So those are all attributes, you know, your character, your presence, your intellect, the competencies, and these attributes feed into these competencies. So you have to understand that. Uh, they work hand in hand. They coincide with each other. So the first one, first competency is leads, leads others, builds trust, extends influence, leads by example, communicates all things that leaders must do. Influence is in there, right? The ability to influence others, building trust, right? Building the team, leading by example. I just explained these things when I was talking about purpose, direction, and motivation, and your ability to influence. I'm not going to beat a dead horse with that one, but just understand leads is a major competency. Develops, prepares self, creates a positive environment, develops others, stewards of the profession, right? So develops. You must first develop yourself. If you are not a subject matter expert on something, you need to be. As a leader, you need to know what you're talking about. So you need to develop or you can't develop others. We don't spend enough time developing. I have a whole segment on leadership development, right? Building teams. It's that important. LPDs, right? If you're not preparing yourself, you cannot prepare others. And it's evident out there because I see it all the time. I go everywhere. I'm traveling. I go to different units and it's the same thing everywhere I go. You know, it's somebody's waiting on somebody else to develop them. Why are you not self-developing? That is one of our pillars of education. We don't have enough resources. We don't have enough time to send everybody to PME, professional military uh, education, right? We don't have that. So a lot of it's going to be OJT, right? On the job training, or it's going to be self-development, self-development training, right? Reading something, getting your hands on something. Hell, watch a YouTube video and figure it out. But self-develop, become an expert at something. Super important. 
as a competency. Achieves. You get results. Integrate tasks, roles, resources, priorities, right? Improve performance. Gives feedback. Execute. Adapts well. You achieve. You get goals. You get results. Achieving is achieving. But if you're not leading, you're not developing, you're not achieving. Plain and simple. Those competencies all work together. And if you don't have good character, you're not present, and you're not intellectually involved, guess what? You're not leading nothing. You're not developing anything, and you're damn sure not achieving. That's why it's on your eval. That's why it matters. This is the Army leadership model. There's no getting away from that. But it makes total sense, right? So we don't work for our evaluation. That's not what we do. We work in our attributes and our competencies and our evaluation rights itself because we're doing these things. We're stand up people. We're physically fit. We're smart. We're subordinate leaders. We're leaders in organizations. We develop ourselves and we develop others. And guess what? We get results. We achieve things. These aren't individual attributes, individual competencies. These are holistic. This is how you make a team. This is how you win in leadership. So you really need to understand this model because it's crucial to your development and others. And it's crucial to the future of our army. Let's talk about the roles of leadership. All right. So the the ADP definition of roles of leadership is every individual in the army is a member of a team as a leader or a follower. Right? Each leadership role and responsibility is unique, yet leaders interact in common ways. So Every individual is a member of a team. You're either a leader or a follower. Well, in order to be a good leader, you should got to be a good follower and vice versa, right? So that's what people say. It's neither here nor there. It doesn't really matter. But what I want to do is I want to break down, you know, the roles of the officer, the roles of the non-commissioned officer. I think especially at the direct level, and we'll talk about the levels of leadership, but at the direct level, there's a disconnect um, of what an officer does and what an NCO does. So I definitely want to dispel some myths, and I want to talk right out of the 6-22 of some definition stuff, but, you know, let's dive into this a bit because I think the roles and the responsibilities of officer NCO kind of gets misconstrued sometimes, you know? I've had a lot of PLs and platoon sergeants arguing about who does what. So, officers. Officers command units, establish policy, and manage resources while balancing risk and caring for their people and families. So, command units, that means officers are commanders. Establish policy. They write policy. Manage resource and balance risk while caring for their people and families. That's a lot to ask from an officer, from an individual. You know, that is a lot of responsibility. 
you know, and it's always been, it's always said that responsibility can never be delegated, right? You can delegate authority as a non-commissioned officer. You can receive that authority and operate uh, under that authority, but the responsibility is inherently the officers. That's why they established the policy. You know, they serve at all levels from the tactical to the strategic level and commands uh, officers responsible and accountable for everything in their command, whether it succeeds or fails. The officer ultimately has the responsibility of everything that goes on in that organization, period. So as a platoon leader, that platoon is yours and that responsibility is yours. As a company commander, that organization, that company, that's yours. No ifs, ands, or maybes. I've been a part of command teams that the commander was relieved and the NCO, the sergeant major, or the first sergeant, still around. Because we don't carry the responsibility that the officer does. So warrant officers. Warrant officers possess a high degree of specialized specialization in a particular field in contrast to more general assignment pattern of other officers. Warrant officers command aircraft, vessels, special units. They provide expert technical and tactical advice, knowledge, counsel, and solutions to support their unit and organization. So warrant officers are your subject matter expert within the organization. You know, in chemical companies, they are serving as an XO as well as a technician, kind of dual-hatted, you know, and I really don't think that is a great, and this is just me speaking, that's great for them to be in that position like that because most of them, warrant officers were staff sergeants, you know, select, maybe disarm first class or, you know, just barely making staff sergeant. They don't know anything about property, right? So take a 30-day course and then a two-month uh, warrant officer basic course and then put them in as a company executive officer. Yeah, they're struggling. There's a lot of struggles out there with that, you know. Um, there, there's some who who get after and get it done, but something's usually going to fall off when they're dual-hatted like that. But understanding what the warrant officer's role is in the organization is what we're getting after here. So, again, they provide expert tactical and technical advice, knowledge, counsel, right, and solutions to support their unit in the organization. Subject matter experts in a field. Non-commissioned officers. Non-commissioned officers are the backbone of the Army and are responsible for maintaining Army standards and discipline. NCOs are critical to training, educating, developing crews and small teams. NCOs are accountable for the care of their soldiers and setting the example for them. Nowhere in there does it say you're responsible. But in a way, you are, right? Because they're under your care. So that's accountability. You knowing where your people are, what their situation is. But you're critical to training, educating, and developing individuals, crews, and small teams 
it's still the officer's responsibility for training, educating, and developing. It is delegated to you for that, right? Which means you must be proficient in training, educating, and developing. So if you are not developing, you are not training because you don't know what you're training about. You don't know how to educate because you don't even self-educate. You're not developing. Guess what? You're not achieving. It all goes back to the eval. That's what I was saying. We don't work for our eval, but the work we do writes our evaluation. So understand there's a difference, right? Because I hear people say, oh, he's just doing it for his eval. It's not the case. You know, it could look like that if somebody doesn't know what they are doing. But here we are, right? And we're talking about it. So 6-22 says the Army relies on NCOs capable of conducting daily operation, executing small unit tactical operations, and making Commander's intent-driven decisions. Commander's intent-driven decisions. They're not your decisions. It's based off the commander's decision. You are the one executing their decision. Subordinates look to NCOs for solutions, guidance, and inspiration. Soldiers count on NCOs. They trust and admire. That's part of the influence. If they can't trust you, they don't admire you. You're not influencing. It's not happening. Right. And then when that happens, just like our toxic leader segment, you're going in and using that positional power and you're commanding by authority. Right. You're, you're demanding respect. None of which is going to make you a great NCO. It's just going to make you a toxic leader. So NCOs are trainers, mentors, communicators and advisors. NCOs advise and assist in development of officers by sharing their experience and professional judgment. So platoon sergeants, you develop your officer counterpart, your PL, because most platoon sergeants already got at least 12, 15 years in the army. While that second or first lieutenant, you know, is working on two to four years of active service. You are the reason why commanders trust non-commissioned officers. When you are receive your PL, right? If you're not helping in that development process, you're part of the reason why we don't have good officers. You know, it's your job as a sergeant first class. And, and often we have staff sergeants who work as platoon sergeants who are underdeveloped. I was, right? And I tried my damnedest to help my LTs. Um, some who didn't listen, the ones that did, you know, we ended up winning together, but it, it, it all boils down to that development piece. And you have to have your own development in order to develop others, you know? So if you're not self-developing, you're not getting it on the job and you're not getting PME, right? Where are you getting it from? What are you doing? Just drawing a check, you know, cause you, you're not value added to anything or anybody. So, you know, think about that. Um, but that's the role of the officer and the NCO, you know, in a nutshell. But those are the roles, you know, the roles don't really differ. It's just it gets higher and higher in echelon. But, you know, at the direct level, 
is the same as strategic. As a non-commissioned officer, you still advise. But if you don't know what's going on in the organization, how can you advise? How'd you even make it that far, honestly? But that's the level. I'm going to transition that into the levels of leadership. And we're going to talk the direct level. We're going to talk the organizational level, and we're going to talk the strategic level. And what does that really mean? Um, so the direct level, direct leadership is face-to-face or first-line leadership that generally occurs in organizations where subordinates see their leaders all the time, like squads, sections, platoons, you know, your little department, um, your company batteries and troops. That is the direct level. The tactical level is the direct level, you know, where you're interacting with soldiers every day. I would even say, you know, up to brigade level is still the direct level of leadership. You know, brigade being more, you know, lower organizational, but also direct, you know, because they can influence directly what's going on day to day. You know, organizational leadership is organizational leaders exercise leadership through subordinate leaders, right? Responsible for leading various organizations that make up the larger organization. Again, brigades. You're influencing down through battalions. Battalions are influencing down to companies, right? But you're at the organizational level to where you're commanded by a division, right? And that division is the organization, that is the organization, right? So that's two-star level is still organizational leadership because now that division commander is influencing through brigades, brigades through battalion, battalion through company. That's how it looks. So don't think that if you're at a division that you're strategic. That's not the case, right? All the way through core is organizational, right? When you talk strategic, you're talking four-star command, big co-coms. Right. So that's strategic. Strategic leaders include military and civilian leaders at a major command through the Department of Defense levels. Right. So that is strategic. Most of us never been in a strategic level position. You know, I know when I went to the Sergeant's Major Academy, the only thing we talked about was the strategic level. I've been at the team and company level for 20 years at that point. I knew nothing about strategic. I thought I knew. I ain't know nothing, you know. So strategic level are people that are looking way beyond big forces, you know, multiple cores. Um, The core level is your lower strategic upper operational level, right? But none of us really been strategic. You know, you got one star commanders out there. That's not strategic. Two star commanders out there. That is not strategic. That's operational because we are in a core fight now, which divisions are maneuvering around battlefields, influencing brigades. Right. So the organizational leader is where most of us are in, in the army. And that's what most of us know. So and it just goes on to say that. 
you know, strategic leaders apply all core leader competencies. They're acquired as directed, right? And organizational leaders while further adapting to them, the complex realities of their strategic condition. Strategic leaders' decisions must consider congressional hearings, army budget constraints, acquisitions, civilian programs, research, development. Like, that's the future of the army. That's strategic. If you're operating at a division, you're organizational. If you're at the company, troop, battery, you're tactical, right? So understand that and where you are in the leadership chain and how that even works. All right. So lastly, I, I just want to talk about um, how to adapt, right? How leaders adapt to situations. It's a, a lot of it's through discipline, right? Being able to discipline yourself to practice different approaches, right? Which prepares leaders to adapt to new, urgent, and stressful, or even high-risk situations. Leaders should also, you know, strive to improve all the leadership attributes and the core leadership competencies, you know, what we talked about before. Their leadership techniques uh, to each situation and become a lifelong learner. So as a leader, you should be required to know how to assess tasks and conditions You need to know how to assess your own capabilities and that of your followers. You need to learn how to adjust your leadership techniques. Know who you are leading. So crucial to know your squad, to know your team. You know, as a at a company level, you should still know everybody. That is. If you don't know anybody outside your squad, like you need to broaden your horizons. Understand how to employ mission command to the situation at hand. Understanding commander's intent and how to apply mission command and achieving those results, crucial. Being able to develop yourself and develop your subordinates. If you don't know what you're talking about, neither will your soldiers. Not going to happen. Just unless they are self-developing on their own, they are sitting around waiting for you to teach them something. As a non-commissioned officer, you already know, because I already explained it, that it is your role to teach, educate, and train your subordinates. Establish and maintain positive leadership climates. Be consistent, people. That right there, again, my one-word definition for leadership is consistency. Being consistent, you will maintain positive leadership climates because people will follow you. You will be able to influence, provide purpose, direction, and motivate. You'll make the organization better. You'll accomplish the mission. So these are my thoughts for the day. And, um, you know, leadership 101 for me, from my perspective, uh, the things that um, I thought were important in the ADP 6TAC 22. Um, so a lot of this stuff I took straight out of there, but I expounded on a bit. Um, but these are the things that I think are important. I think that we have a gap somewhere uh, in our ranks. Um, and I harp on 
sergeants, staff sergeants, platoon sergeants so much because it's so vital. And being able to develop those PLs, those young lieutenants who are going to be commanders one day. You are the reason why they're good, they're bad. All right. Or you're the reason why they're good or they leave the Corps, you know, and, and go assess and select somewhere else because they're not getting what they thought they should get. So I harp on staff sergeants, sergeants first class, sergeants, because you directly affect climate and you directly affect the culture of any and every organization, hands down. That's what it is, you know? So that's why I beat it up so much because it's that important. As a staff sergeant squad leader, you're in the NCO support channel and the chain of command. Nobody else has a, has a role like that where well, you're in both. That's how crucial it is. So develop, right? Understanding your, your attributes and competencies and what that means, having that character, having that presence, having that intellect, being able to lead, develop, and achieve. All those things, it works hand in hand. Your attributes lead into your competencies. Be consistent. Appreciate your time. You're on the mic with JD.